When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story where somebody pays hundreds of dollars to eat scraps. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, subtitles aren't necessary. We need subtitles anyway. This story goes back many years to when I was doing my AS levels, one of which was in drama. I, female, was working in a group of five, same age but mixed genders, so three males and two females. One of our assignments was to direct and shoot a five to ten minute single location scene, and the script we wrote was about a man meeting his friends at a pub to tell them he was relocating to Saudi Arabia to work on an oil rig, only for his girlfriend to walk in and overhear this at which point she goes crazy because he hadn't told her yet, before she admits that she was cheating on him with one of his friends in the pub, and she runs out. I know, it's an incredible plot. Anyway, one of the boy's fathers owned a local pub, so we had free reign to film whatever we wanted on location, as long as the pub wasn't too busy. Let's call the boy Matt. Matt had decided this made him project lead, which wasn't an issue. We got the filming and editing done pretty uneventfully with Matt also playing the main character, with the other boys and I playing his friends. The other girl in the group played Matt's crazy girlfriend, with the publican, Matt's dad, and a couple of pub regulars acting as extras, wandering around in the pub, ordering drinks, the usual pub stuff. To be honest, I actually think the film came out reasonably well, terrible script notwithstanding. At some point whilst we were finishing up the assignment, Matt had the fantastic idea to include subtitles in the film. Whilst this was long before the days of what we now know as diversity and inclusion and clever caption generating software, it was a good idea, but would take ages to add subtitles to the film via what was essentially Windows Movie Maker with a few extra features. We had divided up the work evenly, but I was the one who had the job to edit everything together. I said this would add a lot of work to my share, which wasn't fair, and I didn't even think it was necessary. I even emailed our tutor asking if we needed to add subtitles, who simply replied with, that takes hours, your script will suffice, subtitles won't be assessed. But no, Matt was insistent that we needed subtitles, and managed to convince two of the other students to back him up. I should also add that apart from asking his dad to film in the pub and acting as the main character, Matt had cleverly managed to avoid doing any of the actual work. He had said he was responsible for the script but at some point we realized that he just offered the idea, and everybody else helped write the script whilst sat around a table. None of us really picked this up until very late into the project, by which point it was too late to do anything. So, malicious compliance time. I set about adding the subtitles as requested, but I regularly threw in some nonsensical subtitles just for the main character, played by Matt. Examples include... Now you want to make a big deal out of it all? Being changed to, Now you want to make a big deal out of it all? How come you didn't tell me about this? Became, Her come D didn't tell me about this. And really reliable reservoir of oil was subtitled as, Rabble, 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 raw oil. I wasn't just trying to screw around with the project. Due to a combination of Matt's accent, 
his very fast speaking voice, and a slightly muffled microphone, upon watching the video back, the nonsense subtitles actually fit quite well, adding a little comedy to what was otherwise a pretty dry 8 minutes of film. Furthermore, as the subtitles weren't being assessed, I could have just written brains for everything, and it would have made no difference. When I finally finished editing everything, including the nonsense subtitles, I had two versions of the assignment, one proper submission with no subtitles, and one with subtitles. To make it obvious which one was our official submission, I added a title card to the non-subtitled version with our module number, students' names, and candidate numbers, whereas the subtitled version just went straight into the scene, as well as naming the submission file group6videosubmission.avi whereas the subtitled version was output2.wmv or something. I burned both versions to a CD, yes I'm that old, and brought them in the next day, which was assignment hand-in day. The group sat around a computer and watched the final playback of the subtitled assignment. To say that Matt was less than impressed was an understatement. He switched off the computer as soon as he realized what I'd done and stormed out of the room. However, we had no time to change the subtitles and ended up submitting both versions with our script and reports. We didn't have online submissions at the time, so we had to physically hand in everything to the tutor, all paper-based with a single CD containing both versions of the film. Whilst Matt wasn't happy, the rest of the group found it highly amusing and weren't too bothered as the proper submission, the subtitle-free one, was exactly as expected. When we got our assessment results back, we had scored well, but amongst the general feedback from the tutor, the last comment read, The subtitled version adds a new layer of depth to the protagonist, with his portrayal allowing the viewer to draw their own context. Is the character drunk? Is the character experiencing a mental breakdown? The questions add to the viewer's investment into the protagonist. Well done. Matt, who had refused to speak to me for the weeks since the submission, went beetroot red when he saw the comment. We'd met as a group again to get our results, and similar to what he'd done when he first saw the video, Matt put his copy of the results in his bag and stormed out of the classroom. He remained indignant for a while before he quietly admitted that he never saw the subtitles adding that much to the film, but was clearly wrong. At the end of my A-levels, I found out that our tutor also taught Matt in another subject that year, where he was similarly authoritative and didn't do much of the actual work. The tutor had seen straight through my nonsense subtitles, but found it funny enough to play along, in order to knock Matt down a peg. I was rather hoping that he would disregard the subtitled version of the film and just grade the normal one, but this worked out much better. Sadly, I never spoke to Matt again after that assignment as that was the only class we shared together, and the next group assignment was with some other classmates. You gotta love when you do something for jokes, and it just gets taken as an utterly artistic choice. This is like the equivalent of not really caring about a painting or a piece of art and just like splashing something there, and all of a sudden it becomes admired as this like artistic forethought. This next story is Petty Retail Compliance. It's been about 5 years that I've worked at this gas station food mart, and the only other clerk who's worked here longer than I is an old man from the old country. We'll Americanize his name to Jacob. Jacob chooses to work the graveyard shift, and I was hired to work overnights two nights a week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So he could have some days off. My other three days, I worked the mid-shift and would turn over the register to Jacob when he would come in at 10 p.m. In the beginning, Jacob and I would chat a bit before I would go, which meant mostly listening to Jacob complain about how he does so much and works so much harder than everyone else. I could understand that since on the graveyard shift, there were fewer customers, so the night clerk had to do more cleanup and maintenance around the store. But I really think Jacob liked working alone, where he could be his own boss. About two years ago, the store got a new manager who happened to be a very pretty but smart young lady. She did a good job and treated everyone fairly, so if inventory came up short, she'd calmly explain to each person that we had to be more careful with our counts. Jacob didn't take to being managed by a woman very well, and when we got tips for better performance, he'd grumble about that a lot. He eventually went to the male owner and complained that he worked so hard that he shouldn't have to be treated like that. In compromise, the owner said that Jacob had to listen to the manager, but a few jobs would be moved to earlier shifts. Mine, which was how I got the enviable task of emptying six big cans of gas station garbage, so as an old man, he wouldn't have to work as hard. Jacob took to bragging that he knew everything about how the store was run because he talked to the owner, and the manager was tricky but he knew what she was up to. With more stuff for me to do during the day, I'd sometimes not clock out right at 10pm, but a few minutes after, which at first, Jacob didn't seem to care about. Then, about 9 months ago, Jacob contracted COVID and was out for almost 3 months. Well, first he said that he had an eye injury, and then he said he'd had a stroke, and lastly he said that he had had COVID. In the time period that Jacob had been gone, the store had also had an equipment upgrade, and we had a newer generation register that we had all trained on. When Jacob returned, his report numbers tanked, because he refused nothing but the minimum instruction from the manager. Instead, he'd make me stay even later, asking me how to input transactions in the register, but insisted that he still knew everything. One day, Jacob was so certain that the manager was targeting him with training just because she was racist that he went straight to the owner and threatened to quit. Note, the owner and Jacob were from the same country. At this point, Jacob had had his duties slashed, been given excessive time off, and now he was making the store lose money. The owner's answer to this threat was, Okay, tell the manager when your last day will be and stop calling me. Well, naturally, Jacob was just bluffing and didn't leave the job, but he had to have yet another concession to satisfy his control issues. So he demanded that I be clocked out and end my shift not a minute later than 10pm. 
He even started coming in a few minutes early and grumbling while putting away my stool, stapler, and pens before I was even done with them, like he was trying to bum-rush me out the door. Okay, if that's the way he wanted it. Now I'm ready to go at least 10 minutes early, and I just wait for him to show up and then immediately clock out. We don't talk or chat at all anymore, unless Jacob tries to stop me and ask a question about how to do a function on the register. I'm off, I'll answer. Besides, you know everything. I don't understand how Jacob continues to hold his job down. Is it that hard to find somebody that works only the graveyard shift? Is that the saving grace here? Because it sounds like, for everybody involved, Jacob is just a pain in the butt to work with. Our next story is Pricing Games, a cashier's lesson. Last summer, during a scorching heat wave, I found myself in desperate need of an air conditioner. Determined to find relief from the sweltering temperatures, I ventured into a store with a name that bore a striking resemblance to Hallmark. As I perused the aisles, my eyes landed upon a sleek and promising AC unit. Excited by the prospect of some cool air, I scanned the item with the store's mobile app, and to my delight, the price seemed reasonable. With the AC unit in hand, I made my way to the checkout area. In this particular store, self-checkout was the norm, with only a couple of cashiers available to oversee the process and assist customers when necessary. As fate would have it, when I scanned the item at the self-checkout, the price displayed was significantly higher than what the app had indicated. It's important to note that the app clearly stated it was the company's own product, and not from a third-party reseller. Feeling a bit perplexed, I decided to call over the cashier who was supervising the self-checkouts to seek clarification. Approaching the cashier, I explained the situation, hoping for a resolution. Much to my disappointment, she informed me that the lower price was only applicable for purchases made through the mobile app. I asked if she could get a manager, although she insisted that she was right and that they cannot perform a price match. Though slightly frustrated, an idea began to form in my mind. I asked the young high school aged cashier, if I were to purchase the AC unit through the app and show you the receipt, would you allow me to leave with the product? Surprisingly, the cashier agreed, and so I maliciously complied. With a mischievous smile, I proceeded to purchase the AC unit online using the app and received a digital receipt. Walking out of the store, I felt a sense of triumph, knowing that I'd cleverly outmaneuvered the system. For the next few weeks, the cool breeze provided by the AC unit brought me blissful relief during the relentless heat wave. However, as time passed, I received a peculiar email notification. The subject line read, Your item is ready for pickup. Confused, I opened the email, only to discover that it was a notification regarding the very same AC unit I'd already purchased and enjoyed for weeks. In disbelief, I dismissed the email assuming it to be a mistake or a glitch in the system. Yet the digital world persisted in its efforts to reach me. Another week went by and I received yet another email, but this time it was different. The subject line stated, Refund issued for your purchase. Curiosity peaked. I opened the email and read the contents, which explained that the refund had been issued due to my failure to pick up the item. It dawned on me that the store's online and physical inventory systems had not synchronized properly, leading to this chilling turn of events. Chilling turn of events, huh? If you asked me, I would say an amazing turn of events. Getting a free little AC unit? OP1 multiple times over. 
This next story is, the doctor I worked for paid hundreds of dollars to eat dinner leftovers. I worked for an orthopedic surgeon who constantly ate people's lunches and would leave $10 on the fridge. He really loved leftover home-cooked meals. I don't get lunches off, I have to work to keep paying your salary. You can go buy another lunch, he would say. I hated him so much, but I got paid a lot. He was fresh out of his internship and residency, and he thought he was above everyone. We complained to the office manager. She went to the doctor and said we were all pissed about it. The doctor told her to deal with it. If the doctor decided to eat one of our lunches, we could have the office manager just order us something. This was amazing. There were two people besides me that had family and kids, so we always brought leftovers. If he ate my food, I ordered from the most expensive steak place in town. Appetizers, 22-ounce steak, three sides, a salad, and dessert. I'd eat the salad and the rest went home. And of course, there are plenty of leftovers to take to work the next day. The rest of the staff was doing the same. Ordering full chickens, four to five different Chinese dishes, spending hundreds of dollars to replace stolen meatloaf sandwiches and day-old soups and spaghetti. The office manager went along with it. After all, he said we could order what we wanted if he took our lunch. It went on for two months until Jerkhead Doc caught on. From then on, he had the office manager order him a lunch. I did miss trading off a cold pork chop and Spanish rice for prime rib and all the fixings. Honestly sounds like a pretty fair system. I mean, hey, you bring me your old, cold dinner leftovers, and I'll provide you with a nice steak dinner. Shoot, deal. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.